Hey everyone, on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we are speaking with Garrett Labar and Jesse Bobrowski from Calvert Home Mortgage. Um, the, we've had them on the show before, uh, lenders and I guess financers out of the uh, out of Alberta. They, they play in the Ontario market and the Alberta market, really focusing on uh, working with real estate investors for short-term financing, specifically people that really use the Burr strategy, flippers, and now they've, they've seen that, you know, sometimes when you run into problems closing on short notice, they can really help out there as well because they're able to release funds in as, as little as same day in Alberta or within two days in Ontario. So pretty cool. So we discuss all the different stuff around financing and what they're seeing with investors, what they're seeing in the Ontario market, what they're seeing in the Alberta market, how they're adjusting things to the two markets with different circumstances going on. So just a wide range of stuff, all real estate investing. And of course, you can't have people out from Alberta without talking a little bit of Leafs and flame stuff. So we had to get that in there as well. Um, we're fortunate that they, 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 they came out they were at the Your Life, Your Terms event on the weekend, which just wrapped up. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome for us to see so many investors out, uh, speak to them. Sometimes we you know, we get caught up in here and we don't uh, get to speak to as many people face to face. So if you were there, thanks for that. We really appreciate you being there. Um, it was a great time. We got some great feedback and it was a lot of fun. And we'll be doing them again next year. So with that, enjoy the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are We are on with well, Garrett and Jesse. Because you guys got into town when? I got in Thursday night. Thursday. <clears throat> and then Friday was work? Like just like what was it like meetings and stuff like that? Friday. Yeah, we met with a couple clients. Okay, sounds Friday like you night. just went out for drinks by the beach. Yeah. It's, it's hard week. to remember now. Yeah. That's what okay. I mean because then it was like they've been like going through Friday night, then well, because yeah, we went Friday, then Saturday your event. Yeah, and, and then, then and then you guys went out. At, I don't know if you went out afterwards. Then you went to the and for the Bills game Sunday, Bills game Leafs Sunday. game Monday. Yeah. So yeah, you're on the you're 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 on fumes. Yeah. We are. Thanks for being at the event. By the way, we appreciate it was amazing. That. You guys helped us out, and we were just talking about it. The fact that. Uh, I didn't scare the shit out of you with the economic update at the end. Now I feel like I failed because the no, whole intent I, is to scare the shit out of everybody to take some action. I feel like you did. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay. The truth is coming out now. Really? No, I said you did. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. so it was Jesse who said not really. No. Because you've read the Ray Dalio stuff. I and, follow Dalio. Yeah. These, these these big debt cycles. Got it. I mean, it's different from all the typical ones you would hear at the conferences. Like the mortgage it? conferences and stuff. Yeah, they don't oh. go in depth into the history of, mm. of like trend lines and stuff. So we don't know. We don't go to any conferences or anything <laughs> to do with anything. We, we just put our blinders on and just live our lives. But you're thinking, That's, is that better or worse? I think you're, you're, you're debating no, that in no, your head right I'm now. Just, I'm just contrasting. Bring the mic up um, to you a little bit. I'm just contrasting the <clears throat> data and information that was shared at the Rockstar conference versus um, we were at a Mortgage Professional Canada. I was at a Mortgage oh, okay. Professional mm -hmm. Conference okay. in Canada. And um, the big economist, Ben Tall. And, oh, yeah, uh, he's great. And the big lenders, he is great. Uh, but they were just very much focused on what the mortgage brokers care about, what the realtors care about, which is interest rates and in turn what the housing market's going to do. And, uh, you know, it's interesting where you hear these economists say, yeah, we'll be at, you know, 250 basis point less rate, prime rate. And people are applauding this. I'm like, well, if we're at 250 basis points less prime rate, there's 
probably big issues in the economy. <laughs> so like, what would it take to get it <laughs> yeah. 250 basis points less? Like yes. Very, we're, we're, we're thinking very <laughs> totally. narrowly, not macro. So what, what you guys did and what we talked about in terms of debt cycles and, and interest rates and money, money supply, uh, was, was eye opening, but certainly not a lot of people are paying attention mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Yeah, weird. For some reason, we've always been focused on that. I think because we thought in real estate, our biggest threat is interest rates. So to understand interest rates at a really good, solid level, we need to understand what's going on around the world because it feels like Bank of Canada basically always copies the Federal Reserve. So then we're like, oh shit, we forget the Bank of Canada. We should just study what the Federal Reserve's doing. And then when you study the Federal Reserve, you're like, oh my God, we need to understand geopolitics and we need to understand all this stuff. Well, it was when 08 hit, right? That's when we re- yeah. really got serious yeah. about it because that's when we're like, what the hell? Why are we having we've been blindsided by this like what's actually going on and that's when we started diving into kind of the money system a little bit more and trying to get an understanding and then when we we started going down that rabbit hole we were like holy crap probably similar to like when you started reading some of Dalio stuff and you started understanding this you're just like what the heck it, it, like it just it, it it feels like you can't once you see it it feels like you can't unsee it because it just it 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 really impacts everything we touch right yeah, it does. And it's surprising that not more people are talking about it because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. It is. It surprises us all the time. We're like, why are people just talking about real estate and interest rates in Canada when that's like a second order of effect of what is happening at the bigger level? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it is yeah. always surprising. Everyone's focused like every real estate article. like It's just focused on prices, like prices, prices today or Bank of Canada and what they're going to do. And we're like, well, the Bank of Canada's actions are a second order effect of what like someone else is doing. So why don't we just go to the source? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it does always make us scratch our heads. But I'm sure at Calvert Mortgages, you guys have everything figured out with your analysis on the world. How are you, you guys, guys do some good stuff though, yeah. actually. You showed it to me last time you were here. You guys yeah. actually put together some good stuff for people as well. Those yeah. You present that to investors, is that how it works? Yeah, or? we provide economic reports for Ontario and Alberta on a monthly basis. Um, it's narrow, right? We're focused on predominantly the real estate market. So we're looking at employment, we're looking at GDP numbers, we're looking at average weekly earnings, and then specific to markets, what what inventories are doing, what and in turn, what prices are doing. Um, so yeah, we're looking at that really carefully because really the thing that we are most concerned about as it relates to a mortgage lender, and we lend really short term, is where we believe pricing trends are headed and we set our lending standard based off of that. So when we see inventory rising, we might bring down our loan to values in certain markets. So we try to be really nimble. So are you seeing that net? So in Ontario, inventory is rising in most Ontario market. I mean, I know it depends on property type and market, but in general, it's rising. Are you guys adjusting things a little bit in Ontario right now? Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't say we're adjusting much yet. Like it's a pretty balanced market still. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Like people are still buying flips. They're trying to buy properties under market value, obviously. Um, usually still in Ontario right still now in Ontario, but we're focused on the lower end of the market too. So we're focused on the 500 and lower secondary markets. Um, so that million dollar plus stuff, that's not going to move as fast as that lower end market stuff. And why I, I think I know the answer because this mm. is how we've thought about real estate for a long time, but why are you focused on that price point in those more, markets? More marketable. Mm. Yeah. There's going to be more buyers on those lower, so half, if you especially get, now that interest rates are so high. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've always discussed that the most liquid piece of real estate in Canada is the starter home market. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yep. and you can play games in the starter home market. Like there's the low entry point starter home and there's maybe the high end starter home. But as long as you're in that category, you have the most financing options. You can refinance the easiest. You can sell it if you need to get out. So I guess that makes sense for your risk analysis that that's the, that's the area that you'll plan. We noticed that in the nineties when the market froze up on our father and that example, I don't know if you were in the room, we were talking about our father's example of buying a property at 750,000 mm-hmm. P- people who had starter homes, they still sold them. Mm-hmm. But the person who had the five bedroom, 4,200 square foot, three car garage, yeah. $750,000 home in 1990, there was no buyers. Yeah. Yeah. So these points exactly, there's always a floor that will be established at the low end, right? People can move down but they're not usually moving up in, yeah. in recessionary times. So on, on Alberta versus Ontario, um, where we're at risk-wise, we, we became more conservative in Ontario back in, in like February of 22, when mm. quantitative ease, quantitative tightening was gonna begin and we saw- When prices were going straight up, those, la- those previous few months, prices literally were going up. I felt like they were going up 20% mm-hmm. every month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 You, it was just ridiculous. Like, you're like, okay, this is a problem. Yeah. So that makes sense. That was smart of you guys. So we're a bit more conservative there. And like you said, with, with your father, like we've been essentially a lender in the, the, the residential housing space in Alberta for 40 years. And our market gets slapped around basically every seven, eight years with the oil cycles. So Everett, our founder, um, while he was doing this and really our, our success is simply managing risk. So we need to attract good deals. We need to fund them. And as long as we're doing that, we're going to be successful. Um, so the model on short term, mid to lower end of the market, providing capital to those who are providing housing supply for that exact product, which is our Flip and Burr clients. So yeah, that's kind of a lot of iterations that went into the thinking of our lending standard and of the business model. And luckily the business model works really well because the banks don't want to do what we're doing, which Mm -hmm. is lending short term on essentially properties that are not currently habitable. Um, And also a lot of our competitors are interested in growing AUM, which is hard to do when we're on this treadmill of funding and getting paid out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what a niche you guys have carved out. Where are you on the Alberta cycle? Where is Alberta on its cycle right now? Don't tell me Alberta's the greatest thing since sliced bread and everything's great with Alberta. Just give it to me straight. Where's Alberta on its cycle? I got to think energy prices are going to energy prices in the next decade feel like it's just going to be strong. Yeah, but strong. we need a government. They need a government that oh, that'll invest in the sector. Yeah. But okay. your provincial government now is kind of behind you. Like they're looking at doing stuff, but the federal government just refuses to invest in the sector, yeah. right? Yeah, there's not much we can do when the federal government won't do anything. But is it like so our like, provincial government's pushing oil and they're trying to get it out there because we're going to need oil for for a long time. So how's you the mean windmills aren't gonna ch- windmills no. aren't going to power the entire world? What's, what tomorrow? do you need from the federal government? Uh, we just need them to understand that oil is going to be around for a long time. And the fact that we're taking oil from other countries and we do all our stuff to make sure oil is like it's, what am I trying to get at? It's, it's the. So we're dependent on other countries instead of developing the Alberta market so that we can be self self sufficient. Don't we have a lot of yeah, oil? We're some of the cleanest oil, right? Alberta, some of the cleanest oil in the world. The tar sands over from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we are comparatively to other. No, I understand. To other I countries. Understand. Yeah, yeah. 
And so it's the narrative that's been put out there, which is the challenge. And I think I think where I got really frustrated over the last few years. So I've you know knowing different people in Alberta and. You know, they've been saying this for years because you guys have definitely been historically more of a boom bust cycle because of because of the energy you know energy industry, and because of some of the laws too. Because there's no rent control in Alberta, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no rent control, so you can change rents. But then at the same time, when that happens, when the when the cycle kind of when the tide comes out, rents can then all of a sudden you know drop dramatically too. But the um, you know over the last few years, there's been such a demand for energy, and we even had when. Uh, you know, for better or for worse, but you know, with some some situations going on, like the war in Ukraine, we had some countries in Europe coming here looking for energy, and we turned them down. Like, I mean, I think it was the Germany, right? They came in here looking for natural gas, and we just basically turned them down. And, everyone, and then they went and signed a contract elsewhere. I'm like, what? What's wrong with like? What the heck are we doing as a country? It makes zero sense when we're doing that type of thing when it's going to help you know, part of the country and, and the country as a whole as well. Like it's just, there's no, yeah, we clearly there. don't have serious people running this place. Like we, we can just all accept that. And it's just, it's just, just so disappointing. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. We had, we had European leaders come and, and our federal government, I think it was a week it took them to do a, to understand that the business case for moving our energy offshore wasn't there yet in, in the U S over the last decade, the amount of LNG yeah, terminals that they've built, and, and and we have more nat gas than the U.S. does, yet we don't have a business of exporting LNG anywhere. Um, we're getting something going to the well. We have a small terminal on the west coast, but anyhow, we're just for whatever reason it's been become so politicized, mm-hmm. and we can't get infrastructure built here in Canada, which is a real shame because it benefits all of Canada. It's not like. Alberta profits are staying in Alberta. Alberta profits are being shared throughout our union. And even without that happening, you guys right now are probably the most kind of the, 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 the the largest real estate market that's on the upswing in the country. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of stuff going for us as it relates to that. And we look at it as two markets, right? Like Alberta is not huge. We're 4 million people. And the bulk of those 4 million people live in the greater Edmonton area and the greater Calgary area. Um, <clears throat> Edmonton is well supplied right now. Uh, Edmonton has historically had more lax development rules. So builders, when they see opportunity for profit, they can build with greater ease than in Calgary. Um, so Edmonton is, is discounted right now, I think about 10 to 15%. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas in Calgary, we have a really tight housing market because of our development rules. And we just got a ton of migration coming in. Like Alberta grew 4% year over year in population through migration last year. It was our biggest growth year ever. Yeah, we're seeing the people leaving Ontario, they're going to Alberta and on the East Coast too. Those yeah. are the two biggest locations mm-hmm. that they're kind of, they, they end up just affordability. And the people that are leaving in Ontario um, are basically like, you know, mid twenties to, to early thirties, like that. That's the people like, we want. That segment of the market, yeah. yeah. Because they're looking for a house and they find affordability challenging here. So if they have the opportunity through work or whatever to go elsewhere, they're looking at those Are there those jobs chances. for all these people coming into Alberta? Like that's a lot of people to absorb. Yeah, well, we need to build. Um, there, we have lower em- unemployment now than in Ontario. Um, we've always had higher wages, always been producing at a higher GDP per capita. Uh, at some point that may break, like it breaks fast when energy cycles turn. Uh, but right now, energy companies are in as much growth mode as they could be. Like, unfortunately, we go back to infrastructure and 
we're still selling energy discounted to the rest of the world, but currently there's work um, and there's affordable housing. Like Calgary uh, is still like versus GTA, almost half the cost. So what's the price of like, do you know the roughly, I don't know, three bedroom starter home, something like that in Calgary? Our, our benchmark price right now is around 580. I think it's increased quite a bit lately. 580 and that, in, that but that includes all product yeah. types. Yeah, all product Single types. family, I Single think is like six, 600. Like yeah. you can get a nice yeah. starter home in suburbia for six. Hmm. Um, you could get a nice bungalow in, in an established neighborhood for I think still six, like 50. Yeah. Our colleague yeah. Ryan's looking to buy an up down duplex, which mm. you'll be able to rent the basement for around 2000 and you'll get that, you'll get that for six. Mm. So it's at least 50% more here or 30% cheaper yeah. there. Yeah. And, and I, I will say like at your event on the weekend, there were a lot of people coming up and asked about Alberta and if they're too late to get into the market, mm. which I found interesting. And how did you answer so like, that? I said, no. You got to think about the the overall cost of a of a home there still. Um, now, do I think it's going to keep increasing? I'm not I'm not sure, but Calgary's just been such a hot market because of the low supply. And the standard of living in Calgary, you love living out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. more more space, um, easy to get to the mountains, um, just a high quality of living. I I love coming here too. It's just totally different. Well, our hockey team's fine. So, you know, if you want to see real <laughs> hockey, you got to come out here now. How long is the I mean, we were at the game last night, so I don't, I don't Yeah, know. that's true. Oh, you're the I reason we lost there. Yeah, it could <laughs> Thanks, be. Thanks, man. You're the yeah, reason we lost. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he was averaging a hat trick a game until yeah. you guys showed you up. You ruined so. it. Thank you. I know. I was hoping for the third hat trick. Oh, I know. That would, that would have be been historic. So he was all over the net. I yeah. feel like he could have easily had a goal yeah. or two, but okay. And then. Yeah, very affordable. Uh, easy to get around, like mm -hmm. like infrastructure in terms of driving is uh, very easy to bomb around Calgary, around Edmonton, to the mountains. We're about an hour away. Uh, a lot of tax advantages, uh, personal income tax and corporate. Not it's not going to make or break a person, but no, but, but it, matters. Of, it matters. Yeah, it matters when matters. you're looking at affordability. Are, that are you seeing growth in areas like Red Deer because they're between Calgary and Edmonton, so people are going to Red Deer yet or no? I, I, I don't, we don't look at as closely as Red Deer because okay. again, like we might have, I think right now we might have like one or 2% of our capital out in Red Deer. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, if that grew, we'd look more closely, but uh, Red Deer is a, a, uh, a hub for oil field services. Um, so as the oil patch performs, so does Red Deer. But a Red Deer is great too. It's it's an out basically hour an hour and a half. and a half in between each yeah. of the big cities. Um, I was thinking if someone's thinking of Calgary, but Calgary is getting too big for them. Not that Calgary's too big, but if it is, then Red Deer is right there. You could be, be between Calgary and Edmonton, go to Red Deer. It'd be more of an Airdrie or Okotoks. Oh yeah, Those are okay. The two spots outside of Calgary that people would live in and drive downtown. Okay, and I'm putting you on the spot. Do you know the price of a like a single family home in one of those two communities? Ballpark. Yeah, Airdrie probably in the 400s. Yeah. Um, Oaks maybe a little bit higher, 450. What's tra what's traffic like getting to the city from there? Uh, we're going back to our last conversation. Yeah, 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. 40. I mean, yeah, it depends on traffic, but like it's it's pretty reasonable. Well, we yeah. just hired a gal that lives in Airdrie. Yep. And um, she's complaining about the commute. And I don't blame her because we don't, Calgarians, Albertans, you know, anything more than half an hour is a commute. Um, so I think it's it's like 45 minutes to an hour. On average. Yeah. During, during rush hour traffic. So Airdrie would be 
a bedroom community to Calgary, maybe. My God, that's a dream. Like, like Airdrie is, Airdrie is 10 minutes from the Calgary International Airport. So it's just north of. And yeah, less than an hour. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. We're an hour from Oakville to get to a Leaf game. Yeah. We, we're in an Airbnb right now on Queen and Spadina. Okay. We have to walk everywhere. Uber yeah, will take just as long. You can't move. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And so yeah, where are your so. other markets? You are in Ontario, yeah. um, Alberta. Do you do anything in British Columbia? Nope. Okay, so nope. it's just Alberta and Ontario. Correct. Why is that? Um, we entered Ontario three and a half years ago. Oh, it's that recent. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we're seeing we're we're still operating in the relatively unknown. So as a lender, um, again, that 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 risk thing, we need to know our markets intimately. We need to know our borrowers, our brokers intimately. And by rushing to expand to the next place, we're creating risk for us and in turn our shareholders, which we're not interested in. So we still see a long runway to growth in Ontario. Like for example, we'll lend out <clears throat> more money this year in Alberta than in Ontario. And theoretically, when we based off of population and, and, and average price of home, we should be lending out 8X in Ontario when we have it covered. Uh, that's not to say we're not going to go to BC until we have Ontario sure. covered, but we need to we we need to take advantage of the opportunity we have here before we get into BC. And also from a diverse from a diver like we moved to Ontario to diversify from more of a one trick pony um, um, economy, which is Alberta, and we have that here in Ontario. BC from an from an economic diversity standpoint doesn't really operate too different than Ontario. Mm -hmm. And you guys are raising capital from investors through your, what is it, one fund? Multiple, yep. I forget, it's one, one fund. fund. Yeah, one we're, fund. Yeah, we're unique in that it's one company, period. Yeah. We don't have a management company. All the money we earn flows into Calvert Home Mortgage Investment Corporation. We pay all expenses and we push out our annual returns to our shareholders. We're a mix, so no retained earnings. We push out all our money to our shareholders annually. And the typical- from your, from, oh. I was gonna say from your talk, our returns are above M2. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm I mean, like all jokes no, aside, that like we're happy has with to, our money there. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be greater than yeah. like, it's like seven and a half, eight percent. Like if you're not beating that rate, yeah. um, and that's so just, true. That's the that's the minimum that we have to beat. What's a typical deal in on, Ontario look like for you guys right now? Somebody doing a burr, a flip. Can you just map it out? Yeah. Get the picture. What's the where are they buying the home or the flip or whatever the burr that they're doing? It's all over Ontario. So there's not really a typical location. Mm -hmm. I would say like our most popular stuff is anywhere from London down to St. Catharines to up in Barry even like there's there's different locations but our typical deal will see someone putting anywhere from 20 grand down to purchase a property to 25 percent down and our rates vary in between there uh, and usually someone will be doing a reno between 20 grand to 100 grand um, fix up the property and and the loan will be on average on our books for about eight months and then they pay it out by selling it or refinance. So they're giving you a business plan that says, hey, here's my plan to yep. sell this thing within eight months. And sorry, you said 20, as little as 20 grand. So what, you're you're lending the rest of the deal entirely if yeah. you put down 20 grand? Yep. But they're so, buying up something probably for five or $600,000. Yeah, no? exactly. So as long as the purchase price is below 800,000, we'll consider a property and lending them up to 
purchase price minus 20 grand. So let's say we have a property that they want to buy that's worth 600,000. We'll consider lending them 580,000. And what they need to do is provide us with a detailed renovation budget and summary so that we can internally see what we think the as complete value is. Hmm. Um, so we have appraisers on staff. We have four appraisers and then I'm obviously, uh, I hold my license with Rockstar. Um, but it's, it's really just for data. Like I'm not gonna do any deals or anything as you guys know, but uh, we use it as data internally to see all the markets and understand what the market's doing, do our economic reports, and then do those values internally on an as complete basis. Well, it's so much easier when you can grab the data yourself, yeah. you just log in and get it. And grab then your what? worst case scenario is somebody starts a project, they get they got this house, yeah. it goes belly up, they run out of money, and you guys then are comfortable moving in and having to sell this thing to recoup your loan. And if they put $20,000, so yeah, the rates have to be higher because you guys are taking on some risk. Yeah. But it's worked out. Yeah, like that's so. So when we do lose, it's in those instances, but it's rare. So all of this is predicated on there being profit in the deal. Mm. And being profit in the deal is buying right, right? Like, like that is the key to managing our risk is making sure that we're supporting a deal when the borrower's buying right. And in those instances, even when life happens to one of our borrowers and they don't complete, um, typically if they buy right, we can still sell it. At, we don't have to deal with finishing it. We could sell it, get yeah, out whole. That would be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get out whole and, and move on. Um, through the downturn where the market basically corrected in, in the markets we're lending in, um, starting in March of last year through December, right? we had about a 20% price adjustment in the markets we're lending in. And typically when the market moves that steep, that quick in Alberta, we're going to take on some heavy, some heavy losses, still being able to provide a positive return for our shareholders, but take on heavy losses in Ontario, we got to go through um, that cycle. And it was versus historical in Alberta, well within range yeah, actually why was that way why better. was that it was because in ontario so many people made so much wealth in real estate leading up to this that they can absorb those absorb losses. it and move and live to fight another day uh whereas whereas a lot of the real estate investors we're dealing with in alberta they, they haven't seen like that those those major appreciation events where they're really setting themselves up for long-term success so we um most of the stuff that we lent on between that, like we look at the riskiest stuff on our books, or sorry, the stuff that's been discounted the most within our portfolio would be the stuff we lent on from October of 21 through March of 22, right? Through peak. And we've cycled through most of it. Like we might have like two or 3% on our books right now that we've lent on from then. Did you see any, uh, any problems with the, even even the people that were trying to, that weren't having, you guys didn't have to take care take back the property and deal with it. Were you guys seeing problems with appraisals at all with people at the end when they were trying to pay off the loans to you guys? To, because if they're planning, because a lot of the investors you were dealing with, you said we're doing burrs. Yep. So I'd imagine there was a, some appraisal issues, yep. right? Yeah. And they just might've had to change their strategy. So they would have had to sell it if the appraisal wasn't coming in enough that the banks could take us out. But a lot of times they could figure out solutions and work with other people like mortgage brokers or whatnot to, to see what they could structure and if they had other properties, they might be able to utilize some other equity to pay us off. So Got it. it's unique. And, and our two biggest underwriting criteria are 
are they going to make money, like Jesse said? And two, do they have the money to do these projects? So up front, we're vetting them to make sure they have all the capital up front. Like we're not taking into account, okay, you make a salary. We're not taking that into account. We want to see all the capital up front. And those issues that happened, a lot of them just took on so many projects at once and dug deep into debt and it was yeah. difficult. We saw that with some investors too, where they just, they they continued to buy properties, but not just that, they went back to their old properties and refinanced a bunch of those and not even to buy other properties. They just took the cash out. And then when rates moved, they're like, hey, you know, I'm in a ne- pretty big negative cash flow situation now, but it's it's even though they had the properties for years, it's because they went back and then refinanced everything. They took a bunch of cash out. I'm like, well, you kind of can't have it both ways. Like if you're if you're taking out hundreds of thousands of dollars and rates move, you kind of got to expect to be in a negative situation, I think, at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. We we as Canadians are too debt-ridden right now. And, mm. and oh, a yeah. lot of people just used their equity. We see that in Ontario uh, a lot to for a lifestyle. And... But the incentive was there, right? Because when everything went... When uh, rates are low, pull yeah, out 50 yeah. grand, pull, pull out 100 grand, when have the currency, a good time. And yeah, because when the currency is that screwed up, you know, and, and I, I don't know if you guys saw the chart that we put together. And I mean, it wasn't, it's not an exact science, but it was the M2 compared to the uh, the, the, the property prices and in Ontario, right? Canada's M2 versus the, the average Toronto real estate board. And like the trend line, and that, that was only for like illustration purposes, because some people will pick it apart. They're like, well, it's not exact here, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the trend line is so yeah, there's a correlation for sure mm-hmm. that housing like if the incentive is to use housing as a financial instrument mm-hmm. is there that's why people started doing it right it's like you you've got to do something because if you just let your money sit in the bank you feel like you're flipping losing out mm-hmm. yep. but you got to protect yourself on the back yeah totally 100 yeah you can't if go all can't afford it, it was too many at well, one time yeah like it was too many eggs in one basket for sure time. that's why yeah, we yeah, always like talk about like, i don't know if you stuck around to the end where we always talk about like three buckets you have to have yep. your liquidity yep. bucket you have to have your long-term savings for us. That was gold before. Now I'm a big Bitcoin guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have your cash flow or income. So businesses, properties, whatever is going to generate some like ongoing cash flow for you. And I think when the real estate market was pumping really hard, when when we had that first bucket of liquidity and underneath, I always wrote emergency and emergencies and deflation. No one ever asked about it. Like literally nobody ever. How many years did we have that slide up there? And no one's ever asked about it. Now everyone's like, how do you have liquidity and how much liquidity should you have? have and it's always interesting to me that it's at the time where you need it that people begin asking that's why i feel like saying now no it's like these three things should be at top of mind at all times like you want to be developing a long-term savings plan for yourself you want to have immediate liquidity and you want to have some assets over time as well Mm -hmm. but it's a hard thing i think for people to do because not many people have savings and it's hard to just save money these days and it's hard to qualify for a property. It's hard to start your own business. It's hard to build up some liquidity. So I kind of get it. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't get to, I wanted to watch more of what you guys did on Saturday because everyone who came out each time, they were saying how incredible each speaker was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we caught the economic report cause we're like, everyone's like, that's, that's what you come for too is Tom's <laughs> economic report. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it was, it was so cool what you guys are doing and educating people and mm-hmm. having I think that kind of following. It was, in, it was incredible. We're just trying, you know what, when we got caught off, listen, our family almost bit the bullet financially in the 1990s. So when 2008 happened and we felt caught off guard again, even though Canada didn't get swiped too hard, we're like, what are we doing? We almost, you know, financially got destroyed in the nineties and now 2008 happens and we're not ready again. How does this work? 
And that began this deep dive of like, what are these central banks and what is money? How do interest rates work? And then it just scares the shit out of you <laughs> because once you go down, once you go down that rabbit hole, you're like, holy shit, what is this M2? We have to outpace this thing. How does this work? Yeah. You know? Well, you assume the people in control of it, you just naturally think they're like, oh, they must kind of know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But then when you look into it, you're like, they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just trying to figure it out as they go. So they know yeah. just as much as we do. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot about financial literacy. Like when you talk about why these people are up to what they're up to, it's a lack of financial literacy. And it really is. And it's sad. Yeah. It hurt, it, it's such an important thing yet for whatever reason, we're not treating it like the important thing that it is in, in our, through our education system. But do you think if we treat it like the, the important thing that it is? And so I, I don't mean like, you know, don't take on high interest debt and stuff, which is what you guys specialize in. But, you know, I mean, long term credit cards is for, for for things that you don't really need. Yes. Right? Yes. So you don't, you know, there's that stuff. But if you think that if you do you think it would be valuable to talk about, hey, here's how kind of the money system works. These guys control it. There's this thing called inflation that like actually like, you know, when did, how many years, is it? eight years to cut to cut the value of something in half at a 2% inflation mm-hmm. compounded? Uh, it's eight yeah, years. It's rule of 72. 72 yeah. yeah. Or something like that, right? So a little longer. We don't have the answer. Know. Okay. But anyways, but, but, but like if you think that it, like <laughs> to teach people that, you know, what's the response to that going to be? Is it going to be better than teaching them than not teaching them yeah i yeah. mean i think it creates a stronger society but i just don't know if the like what are we learning what are we learning in school today but yeah at least i don't know today but, but from nothing. personal finance I, I i learned nothing yeah my, yes. my wife is a teacher so i get all the insight on this and i ask like is there and and it's just to know the basics then you can do the deeper dive and understand what you're talking about but just basics it's not even done in in school at any time Well, the biggest scam to me seems to be like, yes, of course, Tom, you're going to lose money with your money. You have to invest it. And then if you invest it and you do something like the S&P 500, and then you divide the S&P 500 over the last 20 years by the money growth M2, you realize it's up like 4%. So great. I invested my money for 20 years. The dollar number of it looked really great. But when the purchasing power gain was basically next to nothing, the whole thing's a joke. And then everyone's frustrated with each other, trying to figure out why no one's getting ahead, pointing fingers, blaming each other like that Spider-Man meme, you know? That Spider-Man mirror with yeah, pointing yeah, each yeah. other, and no one's really getting to the source of the problem. It's kind of like, listen, there's two ways to do money. You can either have a commodity-based money or you can have a credit system. So we went down the credit system path. And then when you have a credit system, you kind of have a way to cheat on the credit system because if we all lived in a small village together, and I did you a favor by picking potatoes with you and fielding your helping you kind of do a harvest, you might say, Oh, Tom, next time you have to take out the cows or whatever, I'm gonna help you take out the cows, and we kind of just do this exchange and mentally we just keep track of what we owe each other. But then as a village and a population grows, you can't do that anymore. So you need this kind of intermediary or this thing of trust where in a credit based system, that thing of trust became this like weird credit unit that was essentially the U.S. Treasury, where these people on the side said, okay, you guys don't exchange things directly anymore. We on the side will create these credit units based on debt. And will we give you a physical representation of that debt as a dollar? And then you can kind of start using these things as like credit receipts between each other, which is kind of sort of, I guess, possible, except the people on the side who are giving these credit receipts keep creating new ones and decreasing the value of the ones we exchange between each other. And the whole thing a freaking scam yeah well it works until it doesn't and then we just reset 
Yeah, it's that reset that's in I'm curious for Calvert Mortgages, you guys with your crystal ball kind of analysis, because you have to do analysis, what do you think over the next year? What are we looking at? Like you went to the mortgage, you were here checking out the mortgage. Yep. You're obviously da data gathering yourselves. Yep. What, yeah, data what, gathering. I, and I will not hold you to any of this, trust. but like in the next 12 months, what are you guys anticipating? Maybe, and I don't know if you break it out for Alberta, what you see or Ontario or Canada as a whole. So can you share some of that? What, what, are, you looking, what are you looking at? Yeah, so, so what we're looking at is in Ontario, um, and we try to be conservative with, with, with how we operate because we never... Very rarely do we get punished for being conservative in terms of our projections. Um, so we believe that, firstly, we're baking in two interest rate hikes um, now and, and again in the new year. Uh, you are a for Canada. For okay, our, that's your conservative. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. our conservative okay. point. Okay. So we do our financial modeling yep. based yep. off of that. And we also try to figure out how the real estate markets will respond based off of that. Holy we, shit, off two more increases. Because we still think yeah. we have an inflationary problem that we gotta get solved. And as you've talked about, that's the central bankers are only concerned with solving, well, predominantly concerned with solving inflation. So whether or not that happens, we'll see. But that's the approach we're taking. And in turn, we believe that Ontario uh, will be in, in in a slower state than you're used to but not abnormal like we're just not seeing massive price appreciation like maybe we'll see it's, most markets go into a buyer's market which i think it's, you guys I haven't think, seen in 20 years yeah, we no. see it all the time like yeah, this is it. nothing new yeah we need it uh, that strong would, out here we need to get strong thing. out here yeah yeah, yeah. so in yeah. turn in turn maybe prices drop and for us with the short-term model it prices dropping 10 percent in one year doesn't scare us. Uh, like our investors can make a lot of money uh, in that market because what happens is they're, again, they make money when they buy, they're buying opportunities. They can get actual discounts in properties, fix them up, bring them back to market and make good money. So, yeah. so that's what we're anticipating for Ontario high level, high, like, yeah, sure. like high level, we can, we can win, sure. we can win, our borrowers can win, our partners can win in that environment. It actually brings back investing because for so long, for so many years or the last one, especially the last, you know, three, four years, everyone, it was just like buy a property, any property. Yep. And this is where the problem comes in. So people were walking into sales offices and they're like, oh, I don't care. This thing isn't closed for four or five years. Just give me two, three, whatever. I don't care here, you know, the low down payment initially to lock up the, the unit and that type of thing. And now we're running into that situation where it's coming on closing. And it's like, like you said, it's you, you, you know, when you're a, a, an investor that understands the market, you make money when you buy. And it brings back those opportunities for people to actually invest with, you know, some fundamentals again, not really just looking at like, hey, it's going to yeah. go up, you know, 20 percent a year, like just ridiculous numbers. They're just not sustainable at all. Yeah, I, and, and we'll I talk to a lot of our uh, experienced real estate investors in Alberta and they're a lot of them don't like it the way it is right now. They're like, I can't do my due diligence on the property. Mm -hmm. I can't do. Welcome to the club. Welcome yeah, exactly. to Ontario for the last ten years. Yeah, so it's like yeah. I don't have time to go through all my analysis yeah. to be able to really understand this property. What I need to do. So <laughs> we've been doing. Yeah. I'll never forget. It was like 2012 or something. We were working with investors, and the market was a little. It plateaued for a bit during 2008, just for a minute. It kind of mm -hmm. it slowed, and you could do a little bit of analysis. And then the next two or three years, when rates were down, we were calling investors and we, we would say, hey, we found this great property out in like Brantford or something. And like, great, I'll see it like on Thursday. Maybe we called them on Monday and we're like, no, you don't understand. 
we got to put in the offer today. Yeah. Yeah. And like, well, what are you talking about? Like, we're like, no, it's going to go, you know? And I think that's what you guys are yeah. now up against. It's as an investor, it's actually horrible. Yes. You, know, you don't have time. It's tough. Yeah. Okay. So the sharps will make money in, in, in a down, like the sharps love the downturn yeah. opportunities. But we're seeing it now because we're seeing some people pick up properties for whatever reason. They're, you know, they're, they're decently priced, their income, you know, whether it's a two, three, four units, whatever it is, they're picking up these types of properties now. Numbers on them aren't great right now, but they're like, look, if rates go back to, not even to where they were, it's almost zero, but if they just kind of like take that, go down a little bit, they're like, I'm look, this thing could turn into like a really good property all of a sudden. Yeah. So yep. they're buying now with the expectation of like, yeah, in, in, you know, one, two, three, five years, whatever it is, they're like, this thing's going to be good. And that that's, you know, so, you know, versus having to compete in that market in three, five years from now, when again, you're just kind of trying to just get anything. I'm happy anything. you guys in Alberta are suffering like yeah. we've suffered for the years. Welcome to the investing club. <laughs> if you had to break out the crystal ball again now for Alberta, because you gave us Ontario, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you think Alberta looks like over the next little while? or what are you anticipating as a possibility? So there's two very different markets. Uh, Albert, sorry, Calgary and Edmonton. Edmonton, again, well supplied. Um, people are moving there, but not at the same velocity as Calgary. Cal What's the price difference? Uh, I think it's about 10% different yeah, right okay. now, maybe 15. Yeah. Okay, um, so, so between 10 and 15. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but that, but. Which isn't huge. Even more now. Yeah. Well, it could be more. Because yeah. Calgary's been being pushed up from the number Calgary continues to be pushed yeah. up, whereas we've seen almost flattening, and in some instances, I think it's closer to twenty. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I. So give us yeah, the, these are these are. Uh, I, we just produced the economic report, but there's yeah, but definitely ranges, a discount, and that yeah. discount is growing. Okay, but naturally, because Alberta has stronger um, wages, right? Like we just make more money in Calgary than we do in Edmonton. So prices. So give us your anticipation for or forecast for Calgary based on two rates in Canada, like you said. So Calgary, we're just seeing so many people moving here. We're seeing so many jobs being filled up that we don't think we're going to see the appreciation we're seeing today, but certainly a stable market and a, and a continued tight market because we're just undersupplied with housing. But Calgary's already seeing the upper half of the market go not down but it's it's not moving as much but like the lower half in that 600 down sure it's moving Exploding. like crazy yeah. and there's no supply mm -hmm. so people can't find a property right now what about the i'm curious because i haven't followed it too much and i know you know a lot of toronto investors they look at cal they look at calgary and then they you know now there's some uh, some builders from here, even building condos mm -hmm. in Calgary. And I've just been interested. I'm like, are they forcing these projects into Calgary and it's not a great fit for the community longer term, but it seems like they're getting absorbed at least from the new sale perspective. Cause most of them that I, I know haven't been built. So I don't know like long term. but it's, you know, I'm just wondering what's that. I don't know if you guys know it. Cause I know you don't play in that segment much, but well, Garrett lived downtown. Yeah. I'm biased and really hopeful for our downtown core. We're bringing in a lot of young, talented, educated people who enjoy a downtown, um, a downtown vibe. So I read a report, and I don't know how many tens of thousands, but it's not many. Where we're where we almost have the critical mass to have a, a like a vibrant, always continuous downtown restaurants open late stuff yeah happening. like right now it shuts down unless there's something going on basically we're building one of the biggest conference centers or one of the biggest conference centers in north america will be finished very soon yeah. um which will be right beside our new billion plus dollar hockey rink 
Um, you guys don't need that. You barely have a team, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so with that, I'm I'm hopeful that we can create even further density in the downtown core and even around the downtown core. Our uh, municipal leaders have opened up higher density um, for for purpose built rental stuff, and that CMLI product is helping and super profitable because of the current market rent. So, so I'm hopeful that the money being invested on high density high rise stuff is worthwhile but we've seen that that like that's the stuff that just got smoked yeah. in in 2007 and the downturn in 14. It's gonna be like, fascinating if Calgary can get through a cycle where it doesn't get smoked then Calgary has arrived mm -hmm. right I Especially feel like if Calgary can get through that without that product getting smoked yeah. and any sort of plateau or slight more interest rate rise I feel like Calgary well, we've, has, we've just been so flat for so long so this is already a change for us yeah, it doesn't move much. So you're saying Toronto, people are building condos in in Calgary, and is that like an anticipatory? Yeah, but type they're, of thing? they're like, selling like the, Ontario. Oh, we I get emails all the time from yeah. people saying, "Hey, well, here's the new Calgary development. Yeah. Buy this one." Yeah. And it's Toronto. Well, I mean, these particular ones are Toronto. And Toronto developers. investors are so predisposed to buying pre-construction. They're like, "I'll oh, grab mm. two of these condos in yeah. Calgary," and we're like, "Well, I don't know. I'd still rather like our whole thing has been." buy resale you know what you're getting you know what the rates are if you're going to go to calgary go buy a property where you know what it's going to rent for today the the yep. pre-construction stuff I, we'll get questions on the pre-construction stuff where the developer will want a commitment letter in place before the client can even buy it they always want that and it's we're ridiculous. like well, we can't get, we can give you something with every single condition that we have that we're going to redo everything when it's built. I don't know what the value is going to be in three years. So the, the developers always want that. Yeah. 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 It makes no, it makes no sense. Yeah. But it's because in, in, so we saw in the nineties in Mississauga, they had built a bunch of condos around square one. Right. Mm. And those yeah. condos, they got hit smart. And they didn't come back for a long time. Ten years. Yeah. Wow. Those but, ones, yeah, at least. but on the so. development side, I think I like I said, I'm biased, but I think there's a really good chance and when what you yeah. That would be cool. You asked what we did while we were here on Friday. I spent most of my day on Bay Street with with some of our lawyers, bankers. Oh um, shit, that was a horrible yeah. day. Some, some, well, <laughs> but but more importantly, some some family office clients, who, like really smart money that I get excited. Oh, that's cool. That, yeah. Uh, some good insights there. Yeah, I sure. get excited yeah. about listening to them and like what they're up to. It's always, it's always awesome insights. So uh, we are hearing that some of those really sophisticated business people are looking for opportunities in Calgary. Um, they're looking to partner like Calgary is just like down, like even downtown Toronto in terms of the building, it's pretty incestuous, right? Like mm -hmm. not many, it's hard to get in and you want to usually to get in partner because you smart money wants to partner with smart money at yeah. first to learn. You want so, the local knowledge. So, yeah. so we're, I was hearing that in a real way. And these were, we were, they were big numbers and have done big things. Um, yeah, I believe so. Which, Calgary could be on the cusp here. This this well, is a change, look, in, yeah. But I know we've said this over Cal, uh, about Calgary over the years, but this sounds interesting. Yeah, but if you look at demographic trends, like in in other countries and other areas, whenever there's affordability in one area, if there's another area that is attractive and has some other things, there is movement to that area, mm -hmm. right? It'll but, be if Calgary can keep the job growth going. Can yeah. we keep the job growth? And again, yeah. I think it's about lifestyle, and I think yeah. if, I'm just picturing myself like like I graduated in 2007 <clears throat> uh, lived in Ontario was looking for an opportunity and I saw it in Calgary and I saw and and now like okay we got a bit we got colder winters mm -hmm. but other than that it's there 
like like the weather, the economy, yeah. Yeah. the the mountains, the mountains. You got the prairies. You got the like. It's yeah. it's all there. So I know like whenever I'm out and about and I get to meet young people who have moved to Calgary, I love to talk to them about why and and how they're enjoying the city and. Eight times out of ten, they're loving it. They can't wait to build their future here. Um, so I think I think that bodes well for our ability to keep and attract. And then you look at the employers again. Tax advantages. We got really inexpensive downtown office space. I think mostly everywhere does nowadays. So that's not as big of an advantage. Uh, but definitely, like that flywheel. Once it starts turning and people are coming here and companies are keeping their people because of the Calgary, the Alberta advantage. Yeah, it's got a chance. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Canada almost needs it just to balance out because right now it feels like, I mean, Quebec historically is just gonna get what Quebec gets and attracts people. But let's face it, Ontario and British Columbia have been absorbing I mean, Quebec gets a lot of well. It's not Quebec gets Ontario and, and British Columbia. It's, it's Ontario. Toron it's Toronto. Ontario's and, getting like forty-four percent of immigration, and I, and yeah. we both know a lot of uh, immigrants who will come to Canada, land somewhere else, and then end up in Toronto. Right. So it's probably even more than forty-four percent after two years of landing here in Canada or something like that. So, but it feels like just to diversify the country, we need Calgary and Alberta to. To carry I, yeah. some weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This year's going to be interesting in Toronto because what we, what you guys were talking about within the condo market, you know, and you're just wondering what might happen in in in, in Calgary from what you've seen in the past. In Toronto, with this, with higher interest rates and higher costs now, or, or carrying costs, this year, I believe this is the record year for for completions. If not, it's a very high number of units coming on the market from completions, and so far it hasn't tanked the condo market. Now you're seeing inventory rise, hundred percent. Inventory starting to rise now. But not in like, you know, maybe we need a few more months to see, but it's still not like a worrisome rise yet. But the trend's going up. So like it could be in, in a few months. I don't know. But but with, with where the economy is right now, where interest rates are right now, for that much supply to come on the market this is that this would be a test for sure like i think there has to be i think there's going to be a bit of an oversupply for a period and we've seen this before we saw it in 2020 when a slew of airbnbs came on because of covid mm. we the condom the listings from the condo market just jumped and it took some time right i forget it was probably eight months or so but they it worked through it and kind of went back right so it'll be this one this one's different though because of the interest rate so i'll be it'll be interesting to watch so is that your main focus is the gta area no, no, and we don't even play in the condo market very much at no. all. No, but it's um, a lot of the activity is derived from what happens in that area. So even though we play in the kind of, you know, a tertiary lot of this, market, yeah, secondary, secondary maybe, but, but um, even though we play in that, a lot of what happens like in London, Ontario is impacted by the GTA because of the affordability, like we've seen the, the London prices really start to move over the last few years once affordability really got out of whack in the GTA. Yeah, London didn't appreciate it all. We would tell people, hey, oh. let's buy in London together for cash flow, but mm -hmm. you're never going to yeah, appreciate same with, like, it. And that story changed in the last seven years. Yeah, yeah. places like St. Catharines and Welland. St. Catharines, yeah, Welland, Ontario. We're like, oh, okay, we can find cash flow out there, but just don't bank on any appreciation ever. That all went out the window. But then it did, and then it went right back to near where it was, wasn't it? Those, What's that? those the markets went, like they went they went way up we're talking uh, a longer like horizon oh, like seven years oh no yeah, oh, we're, we're talking, talking back then okay. yeah yeah okay. like if you look yeah. that far back they're still oh they're way more up. than double they're way up they're more than yeah, double. Yeah. more than double okay. yes they're way up yeah yeah, yeah. 
tons of people out there who bought then just are sitting on tons of equity yeah. still. Yeah. They're probably yeah. still, I have to look at the numbers, I'm curious. I'd say over the last four years, so from like 2019, they're still up. Oh, they're still up. I bet you, I think yeah. from COVID, oh yeah. Pro- oh. oh yeah. But from co- from 2020, I probably would think they're still up as well, but not as much, because they did, they spiked like, it yeah, was, I know. Was there was like the average when I, there was a big chart that we had with all these different cities, and I swear, like the the appreciation numbers for a two year period were anywhere from about thirty five to fifty percent. Like it was like yeah, I would expect yeah. them to be up from twenty nineteen, not from like the second half of twenty twenty. The spike yeah, happened, not. right? Totally. They might not be yeah, up yeah. from there. Yeah, yeah. But from twenty nineteen, right. I'm very confident they're up without looking at the numbers in front of me. See. Yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I feel for like sure up. Oh, but yeah. from the spike should, of twenty twenty, maybe not. Yeah, like right. you think we saw that massive spike kind of August 21 through to the the, the height of the market. In yeah, August. that was a ridiculous yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, and then sure. it came way off. But even that, like I would imagine most markets, say say pre-August, I think they're up now from are still up. Because That's what I think. Yeah. It went yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, where you really got caught would be like 12 months ago or so. Yeah, if you bought yeah. like yeah. in January of 22. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's different. But December, but, January, yeah. very February, and then... Well, in that time after Christmas, somebody came into our office or like, listen, I took Christmas off. I'm looking at prices. While I was gone in the last three weeks, did prices go up 30%? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> We're like, uh, yeah, it yeah. looks like they did. And then the Bank of Canada came out and said, we are not raising interest rates. Oh, yeah, we were January. looking at each other like, if you're not going to raise interest rates now, when are you going to? And then February, they quickly changed, you know? But we were looking at the data on the streets. We're like, what are you guys talking about? You're not raising interest rates. So on the, I want to make sure, because you asked what we're doing, like the lending that we're doing in yeah, Ontario. Yeah. And while we've had most of our success lending to real estate investors, we still love the short-term lending. So we call this, pro- and, and we're seeing because the investor sentiment, like, again, the sharp money is is up there gobbling up opportunities. But the more the less sophisticated, we'll call it, is kind of sitting on the sideline because they just hear, oh, prices are going down and they don't think that you can make money in a market like this. So we're doing actually less um, um, lending on that product type right now in Ontario be just because of the buyers. There's just simply not the buyers there. And um, But we call it interim purchases. And really it's just, we're bridging a purchase. So sometimes this interim purchase will sell, sometimes they'll refinance. Uh, what we're seeing now is, okay, I bought a pre-con. I have real big money down. Maybe it's not up. Maybe it's flat. Maybe it's even down a bit, but I can't close because when I bought this thing, rates were at 2%. Today, I cannot close, but I don't want to lose. It doesn't make any sense to lose my deposit. I'll be net positive if I just buy this thing and sell. So we love those opportunities. And we'll, we'll, we'll end on it fully open. If they pay us out in a month, they owe us one month interest. If they pay us out in 45 days, 45 days interest. So we'll do a lot of that. We'll also do... Oh, wow. I didn't know you were doing that. We, yeah, we love that. How stuff. are you ensuring they're going to sell it? Like, what if the person just decides not to list it? That we've already done our due diligence on the property and make sure that we're comfortable our mortgage against the asset. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But when Garrett's so, underwriting it, he's going to interview them and like really say, Get to know them. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you... Like, he he knows all like all of our borrowers. He'll, he or his team will have a conversation with them and... Mm align like no 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 this but is in your best that's what garrett has to smell bullshit basically yep. yes yeah yeah. yeah but i remember that conversation from last time when we spoke yeah. like it's actually really cool the way you guys do that because it seems like just there's a, a a sense of logic involved in the lending as well 
You know, like you yep. just kind of use, there's, there's a little bit of thinking. It's not just black and white. There's kind of like, okay, let's kind of evaluate this a little bit more to, to, to kind of like what you were saying about like mm-hmm. how Garrett, how you operate yeah. that. We call every client, like we're overall, we're a, a relationship based business and we want to make sure that we're comfortable with these people. A lot of these people are coming back to us doing more. So we want to make sure that they understand us, we understand them. And then we also ask them if they have any questions for us. So we're, we're a very different lender in that sense that we're chatting with every single client of ours. Yeah. And that really helps us if they run into trouble because we've created a relationship and hopefully that relationship will support our borrower to make better decisions in time of, of, of trouble. Like where we see the worst happen is when they ignore it, they don't contact because we can, we have tools. We've, we've been through cycles. We can, we'll figure out solutions usually those solutions are in the best interest of both parties. You guys have been in Alberta for 40 years, did you say? Been lending it for 40, yeah. Same. 1981 was when the when the Mortgage Investment Corporation was founded. Same type of model with short-term stuff? Um, for the last 30 years, at least. So, so back then, most mortgage brokering was just done private. Like the banks would do bank business and Everett, our founder, would mostly broker private business. And he ran into... Uh, these two CFL football players for the for the Stampeders who re- invested in real estate and they were crushing it. And he's like, man, this is an amazing model, um, yet nobody wants to support it. So he really built that from that experience. And then through a lot of cycles, we've just refined it. So mid to lower half of the market uh, in larger markets, like we don't like small markets because there's less liquidity when the tide it's goes funny. out. It sounds exactly like what we talked about. When the about, tide the goes out, thing. those get hit the yeah. hardest. So um, were you up in like the Fort McMurray areas during the last boom or anything like that? So that you, cause, cause I mean that like, that was like the hot place. The right? last boom, we probably had a bit. So when was that? Depending on what you decide, define the last boom at. So like 2007, eight financial crisis, we, we had exposure. We had a little bit of exposure in like 11, 12, 13, 13. 14, yep. 14 energy p- prices peaked and then just oversupply and, 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 and OPEC issues. We had a little bit of exposure then. I don't I think, think we have we, any exposure I bet you we yet. have. I bet you we have like three loans yeah, yeah. out there. So like even either the, but, to sophisticated and they're probably really sharp or, loans, like fifty yeah. percent loan to value. Yeah. Were there were there other products that you have in Ontario? You mentioned that short term lending product yeah. or pre construction that people can't close, which is super interesting. I wasn't aware. Were you about to mention well, something else or no? That's not even the. It's not even just for pre construction. It could be banks say no last minute, and we'll pop in and say, "Hey, we'll do it right now," and you just you can get it refinanced and take more time because sometimes it just takes how why how quick can you guys close we can or close fund? within 48 hours oh wow in ontario we can close today in in alberta wow like literally pick up the money today so someone doesn't get their financing you guys can come 48 hours in ontario that, same yeah. day same day in alberta yeah yeah that last minute oh, request from shit. the bank when they changed their mind yeah. 24 hours oh, before it's a nightmare i'm just like what are you talking it's a complete about? nightmare why have we been discussing yeah, this for the and, last and three months if you're going to do that like this is ridiculous as you guys would probably know a lot of these clients are bankable yeah, you look oh, yeah. at all their financials. Just one little detail change, yeah, and the banks freak anything. out because they don't have all the information. Yeah, they they the don't bond. fund. Deposit hasn't been in the account for ninety days. Yeah, yeah. your credit was, score is, four, is six 
640 rather than 650. Yeah. You move jobs, better job, but you, you now, added a now supplementary now credit card to your visa yeah, or something exactly. silly. <laughs> so it's just a little tweak. And then we understand that. And then we help fund them and they fix that and refinance. Yeah, we gobble up the stuff that is solid that falls off the bank's plate. That's huh. okay. So what else is that? Now have we covered it? The I'd say the one other big one is is bridge deals, which we we like to do too, where they have the purchase and sale on different dates, and they need to bridge that gap. How long yeah. will you bridge for? What's your longest bridge? Thirty uh, days, well, sixty days. I mean, all of our loans are short term. We'll bridge as short as one day, or it can go all the way to eight months, six months. Like yeah. when would we? Yeah. When, when would you not consider it a bridge? Uh, well, to be a bridge, we're considering a bridge to be a firm sale. So if it's firm sold, I think I did one actually in Alberta that was eight months. Wow, that's yeah. unusual. That's a long close. It was unusual, but it was like a developer buying some land. Oh, got it. Yeah. But we were blanketing their home, so we were okay with that security. And the developer wanted to go through all his due diligence with purchase Shit, and whatnot. you guys are really good guys to know. Now, you guys already knew that, but it's just <laughs> becoming more and more clear to me. Like you're really handy to have a connection at Calvert just in your back pocket. Well, it's nice when you need someone to turn to, you know where to go. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. like any, anything else. Well, yeah. How many times have you seen people freak out just because yeah. of that? Like the banks change their mind on the, on the day of closing. I want uh, that's happened to us before. I want to call the bank and just say, you know what? I'm yeah. just uh, like, screw off. It's like, I, I don't even want, like, I, I wish I could just do that and not have to deal with the repercussions. Cause I'm like, I don't care. Give me, I'll just get fi- funding from somewhere else. Cause like you're stupid. Yeah. You know, and, and we don't want them long term, Right. Like this is just a solution to help them get into the property and then refinance. So you don't and do work with any long-term financing. No, not in Ontario. Yeah, okay. we have some stuff in Alberta, but but it's rare because it's not your bread and butter. The bulk of our industry is built on that model, the long-term stuff. So and they mostly compete on price. So why bother? Yeah, and no, long-term kind of nice niche to us. Long-term creates risk again. You guys have seen 20 years, 30 years yeah. of appreciation in Ontario. We see depreciation. Yeah. And, and if it sits on our books, we're exposed to that. Yeah. No, Coming from Alberta, their mindset's so different because of the history of the real estate market and the economy in Alberta is so up and down. Yeah, but it's a lent, like there's market mm-hmm. fluctuations over, especially over like a medium term. Mm-hmm. Whereas the short term, you can generally get an idea of where the market's going to be at. So it's actually kind of reduces risk in a way because you're like, I see where the economy is. I can't guarantee because there's all anything can happen, but I can't guarantee where it's going to be in eight months. But I got a rough idea of you know six six months out where what I think things are going to be like, so you can kind of gauge things off there. It's actually and then relative yeah. and, and and it creates a lot of liquidity, so we are always prepared yeah. for opportunities, right? Like we're getting paid out. I think the last two months we got paid out on average ten percent of our book per month, so we're getting That's thirty million dollars back every month that we can recycle yeah. into the market, earn fees for our shareholders, support more borrowers. It's always a problem. Then you got to find where to put that. We're on a treadmill. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. on a treadmill. All, but every business has it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, so what are the rates relative to whatever the best bank rate is at the current time? What would people listening to this think of like for Calvert on short term? Is there like a range of rates? Or yeah, is- we have a range of rates, which ranges from 9.99, which is the product with the most down payment at okay. 25%. And then we go all the way up to 18.24, which is the one we were talking about with 20 grand down. Okay, and obviously that's our highest risk. Got it. But a lot of the guys doing those ones are either one of two things. They want to do a very quick flip, like just paint, yeah. Yeah, clean yeah. out the garbage, relist it. So it's really only two months. 
and 18.24 annualized is is not that expensive for two months uh and then mm, that's um, a good point how, and then this guy's wanting to do multiple properties so if they have capital and they want to take advantage of two properties at once and want to put little down that can be an option for them to maximize profits and how are payments made with you guys monthly monthly interest payments. only even then interest our mortgages are fully open so they can pay us out as quick as they want interest only monthly and yeah. you're less interested about debt ratios more interested about assets i'd imagine right yeah show us, show us the money yeah. you have today to execute yeah. how liquid are you yeah um and yeah so today prime is at 7.2 so our least expensive money is prime plus 2.5 which for a for an alternative lender is not bad yep. it's important for the listeners too when you're looking at private capital look into fee structure like we're pretty we're really fair on fees so mm-hmm. it's it's always two percent um in ontario whether you come through a broker or not so what's an example so of do bad, go out, a bad fee structure well where it's just fee heavy like you see guys at three four five six percent fee six percent yeah and and then the borrower is looking a lot of times the borrower unfortunately is just looking at the rate like i can i can show you a two percent great rate rate, but today a great borrower's fee yeah and then also we see a lot of of um additional fees like they'll charge a lawyer fee Mm -hmm. of 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 three grand they'll charge them yeah they nickel and dime everything yeah, yeah. like a discharge fee uh so you we we avoid that we the fees that we charge are are what you see on the paper which is that two percent and then you pay whatever the lawyer charges we don't charge extra there's no you know we pay you pay whatever the lawyer charges for discharge so we try to be as transparent as possible as it relates to pricing and one of the ways that we are as fast as we say we are is because we do our internal values and that's also a cost savings for the client because we don't charge for appraisals because you are deciding we do them internally mm-hmm. yeah in, in at the speed of business so again the guy the 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 investor that needs to close tomorrow that's going to the top of our priority getting done today so that Garrett's team can Garrett and our underwriters can commit today, instruct the lawyer. We have a, that's why we have a funding wild. that is that are essentially a paralegal team that it's our mortgage instructions that go to the lawyer. Whereas a lot of times in our industry, the, the lender will rely on the lawyer to draw everything up. So, so that, that moves things forward really quick. And when there's a problem, they can deal with those problems. So yeah, it's just part of the business model and and it's about supporting real estate investors because when you go in to buy a property and you're solving the seller's problem of they need to get out from this now, then you could probably get a better deal if you're getting them out now rather than waiting a week for an appraisal, two weeks for your lender. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, You guys have solved the inefficiency of private money, basically, because this has always been solved with like, Oh, do you know a guy who lends short term with private money? These guys have like made it an efficient model. Well, yeah, if you can turn it around in same day yeah. to 48 hours, yeah. Sounds yeah. like better there's, fees, faster, more kind of professional. There's a lot of private money in Ontario, a lot of private individuals. And I I always want, if someone is going that way, and I'm, I'm okay with it, like if they decide, hey, like this is a better option, I ask them, hey, can I at least review the commitment letter mm-hmm. and the you're going to see the fees because I just want to see what, like if it's a good deal or not for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So the, the, we, 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 we try to continue to solve the problem of mortgage lending. Like it's more than just alternative lending because we see so many inefficiencies, so many 
box check underwriting yeah. where, where, where we're just looking to think outside that box mm-hmm. and, it's pretty and, cool. and solve problems that yeah. that the banks are willing to. And, and, and again, God bless the banks because they create this model that's repeatable, easy. You could put... That's being very kind put, of you, yeah, Jesse. No, no, I won't even give them that, but sure, you can. You can that's put most true. anybody oh, yeah. in that underwriting yeah. chair, you know, Listen, like... like yeah, If I could create money from thin air when somebody signs a piece of paper and lend it out, I could probably make a profitable bank too. I mean, it's not that hard, let's face it. But yeah, you're a nice person. You're a nicer person than me, Jesse. Um, but I feel really grateful to cross paths with you guys, seriously. Like, this is really cool that we've crossed paths the way we have. I, yeah, I, I feel likewise. fortunate, yeah. And then, so with the crystal ball, I guess one other question, I guess, how many years before Calgary wins the Stanley Cup will the Leafs win it? I figure 20 to 30 years. Leafs will probably I win it. Let's face it. We're winning this year or next well, year. I am, That's a lock. I'd be will. Let's, Calgary's not going to win it for 20 to 30 years. Let's bet the boys yeah, today. Bet. I, think, <laughs> I think Calgary... Is going to do it before Trump? Oh, that's done. To, uh, whatever, what's the, the bet? odds? Oh, the odds what is the bet? So are, the, no, yeah, we, we, we won't even take odds. We're that crazy. It's got to be a jersey swap of some okay. sort. Sure. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, no, yeah. Jersey swap. Done. You guys are going to regret this. Jersey for how long swap. are you wearing the Leaf jersey when you wear this? Is it a day or three months? You just, we'll have to, you have to wear it to the next home game. With the other team. That's good. That is bad. That's good. That's very bad. That's a horror show. This might never happen either. This might never happen. <laughs> the next home game of the other team with like the four of us will go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so the, so yeah. what is the deal? The home terrible. opener after you, <laughs> we don't even know yeah. what the bet no, was. So in no, Calgary, no, no, no. you guys all have to wear leaf jerseys. It's against the other team. Yeah. It's got to be against the other yeah. team. Yeah. So when, when ah, if oh, Toronto's yeah. in Calgary or yeah. Calgary's yeah. we'll work out details after that. Yeah. 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 But yes. Yeah. It's going to be I'm horrible with, for you I'm with Garrett. I think the chances of either, of either one of us winning are pretty slim. Now we're winning and it's going to be soon. You guys are going to regret that. We're in a bit of trouble. And you know, what we're gonna we're yeah you guys he's, are he's very job. optimistic i think very optimistic jesse that's very nice you are we, a nice person <laughs> we need some we need some better draft picks. Well, if, we always finish right in the middle so we never get well if edmonton had guys. like they they had about i don't know what was it 15 first first, first yeah. picks or maybe you don't <laughs> yeah. draft they still can't win. Yeah. that you don't need them yeah true enough they're like did they win no what are they owing to right now and you take a mcdavid away at the rest of the dry sidle yeah superstars they don't know how to play defense as a t- as a no. team. No. Not the, like the no depth. Leafs, not like the Leafs know how to play. Yeah. Well, our defense is this we year. Have our no defense, defense. Is we have forwards playing defense. That's yeah. how well, we don't. But I wish we did. I, I told like, last night. I was like, why don't we just put four fi- forwards on the other? Oh, the new guy. What's his yeah. name? Killenberg. He oh, looks like Kling- a forward. Yeah. Klingberg. What's his name? Now, yeah. now you realize that Brody is a liability, huh? Kind of, sort of, when he fell out the blue line. Yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't for a while when he was here. He was decent. I miss, like, I miss Muzzin. I miss Muzzin. Yeah. But you, yeah, got, our ca- you got our former captain, Geo. Yes. I love Geo. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. 40 years solid. old. But he never been in on scrums. I know, but yeah. he's 40 Gio. now. Like you saw last year. No, yeah. I'm a fan. He was solid for the first three like quarters Gio. last year. And he's just falling off. And I'm a fan. I'm not trashing. But hey, we love the Kadri. Yeah. Yeah. He went through Colorado and picked up a cup to get there. So you yeah. can't really. Sure. I like Kadri. You know what? I'm actually a Kadri fan. I do too. The city like likes him. You know, I like Kadri. He was yeah, bombing he around Stampede. Said, like, yeah. he seems yeah. like he, no, no. He's, I like Kadri. He plays hard. Yeah. He plays hard. Yeah. Anyone yeah. that like has got some grit. This is my problem with, with team guy. With team guy. Yeah. I'm a Kadri uh, fan. Yeah. I'm yeah. a Kadri fan. I take him back. looks great because he skates really fast around the outside all the time. You know, like, but, but like, I like guys that have some grit. will stand in front of the net and like, you know, so it's just. You know, that's why I think a lot of people just migrate uh, towards Kadri because he'll play like that. He's, you know, he's gritty. Yeah, he does. That's we a got, good bet. We got Matthews. We're bet. not giving you Matthews. No. You can't get no. him. No. 
All right, guys. So uh, URL, how do people find you guys? Yeah, our best best way to find us is uh, our website. Our website is is geared specifically towards educating, educating real estate investors. We Our economic reports, we give out for free. We have a flip analyzer that, that allows you, it, it's basically an automated spreadsheet, has our our cost baked in, spits out profitability. All you got to oh, do is enter. Oh, that's great that you've done that. Yeah, enter, enter basically purchase price, your rental costs, what you think the after repaired value is in timeline, and boom, and it spits everything else out. So it's all about educating our borrowers to make better decisions to be more profitable. So uh, just Google Calvert Home Mortgage. It's uh, chmic.ca is our website. We have an awesome Instagram handle that's exact same thing based off education. Okay, we'll link to both of those studies. in the show notes of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll find Garrett and I's contact information. Uh, but Garrett's the guy you want to talk to. He's the underwriter if you have any deals that short term. He that is you, the bullshit detector. He's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him, and, him and his other, we got Garrett, Sherwin, and Rob who are our senior underwriters. These guys are the best bullshit detectors in the industry. Yeah, yeah. It's and a then, tough role, man. And it's then, a tough role. And then they're training and uh, but not only are they great bullshit detectors, they're amazing client service yeah. reps. No, you could tell. If you want to talk more about our fund, I was just going to say you can reach out to Jesse or I okay. on the investor side if they want to. That's right. We didn't talk about that yeah. side. Sure. Yeah. And we don't, we don't like it. We it got much. securities regulations. Yeah. We like yeah, to you stay away. If you're interested in hearing more, reach out to Garrett or I. Um, but yeah, Garrett, Rob, Sherwin, manage a team of... Uh, of, uh, of, of other underwriters. They're all great to talk to. They're all super knowledgeable and uh, looking forward to helping whoever with their next deal. Very cool. Thanks for stopping yeah. by, guys. Appreciate Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate the relationship so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. There, there are definitely a couple guys that we like to know, um, and, and Calvert Mortgage, just to know of their options in case things come up where we, we need some short-term financing. It's nice to know that these types of people exist, these types of companies exist, that we can reach out to when we're in a jam or for a specific project that we're, that we're looking for. So it's a little bit of just one more tool we can add to our tool belt as investors as we move forward and kind of navigate the, the waters that we're in now and in the future. So with that, hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, your life, your terms.